beautiful teachers, and welcome to my EdTech for Teachers podcast. I am your host, Lois Torres Navarez, and today I will be covering digital equity and what it really means. Since the start of COVID-19, we have been relying more and more on technology in order to provide our students with the education that they deserve. Today, I'm going to be touching on various points that can help you all reach a better understanding on how you can aim for digital equity. I will be first starting off by providing a summary of what digital equity is and how we could recognize digital inequity. Digital equity is defined as students being presented with equal access and opportunity to technology. They have access to multiple technologies that can help support their learning in order to help prepare them for what the future holds. Equity emphasizes that regardless of where a student is from, what their socioeconomical background is, or what capabilities they have, they all have equal access to high quality content through various digital means. Digital inequity can be recognized not just in the classroom, but more so in the student's home life. When in the classroom, it is hard to see that inequity is taking place because there is usually equal opportunities for every student. It is easy for us to provide everyone with equal access to computers and other technologies that help facilitate student learning. As teachers, we also get excited when we see our students improving academically from the implementation of these various technologies, which make us want our students to continue the use outside of school. However, when we assign online homework, it is unrealistic to think that everyone will be able to complete it. We begin to see these learning gaps when we want our students to use technology from their homes. It would be ignorant of us to think that all students have access to a device outside of school. Some families just simply cannot afford the expenses that come with technology that students have access to during school hours. Or maybe they only have one device that is shared amongst the entire family. Their internet connection could be unreliable. The possibilities here are truly endless. Instead of having students continue to use technologies in their home lives, it would be more beneficial to add time into the classroom where we can make sure that everyone has equal access. If we know that all of our students don't have access to a device outside of school, maybe we could shift more into a less technology-centered learning at home. A way that us teachers could determine our students' access to technology outside of school would be by having them complete a survey. This way, we can avoid the inequity early on. We need to find out how accessible devices are to our students, how many devices, and what kind of devices the students will be working with. For example, many students may have iPhones or Androids for personal use, but if this is the only device they have access to, we begin to see challenges arise. It would be absurd to assign a student an essay they are required to type and expect them to write the entire thing from their phones. We also have to consider the age of the devices the students are working with, because if a student only has access to a first-generation iPhone, problems are even more likely to arise. It would be nice to recommend places that provide free Wi-Fi to our community, such as libraries or maybe a Starbucks. But then we also have to take into consideration how accessible transportation to these places are. If we are working with younger students 15 and below, we have to think if their parents have time and the transportation means, 
to take their children to these places in order to complete their assignment. For students of legal driving age, we have to consider if they have access to vehicles and other forms of transportation. By assigning homework that requires technology use at home, we may be unknowingly giving students who have free access to many devices a higher benefit than those who do not. Students that have free access at home are being prioritized and learning more than those who do not have access. Then these students progress to the next grade level and the ones who had access to technology from the beginning can now begin to focus on other things and explore more when they are at home and continue their learning while those who were left behind continue to struggle. It is important to recognize that technology literacy exists similar to reading and writing literacy. Students need to be granted opportunities to practice the use of technology in order to become savvy in these areas and using more time for the use in class and less time at home can help all students progress at similar and at the very least fair rates. I am not sure if you are all familiar with this, but there was actually a bill called the Digital Equity Act that was introduced in April of 2019 that was trying to bring in more money in order to hopefully bridge this digital divide. Unfortunately, it did not receive enough votes to pass, but had it been voted on more times, we would have seen things such as digital literacy and digital skills education being provided to low-income populations, as well as an improvement in access for individuals with disabilities. At the time, I never really saw a problem with this because I myself am of light complexion, but I can see now how this can be harmful to other people of color. It is important for our students to see themselves in the content we are providing. We have to consider how and why we are selecting the tools being used in our classrooms, and these tools need to be culturally appropriate and inclusive of our students. Another thing that should be considered when talking about digital equity is if the tools we are using, for example, characters developed in a game, are representative and relatable to our audience. I remember there was a game that I used to play in elementary school where the goal was to complete various tasks on a list such as gardening, fishing, catching insects, etc. However, it didn't occur to me until many years later that the game wasn't all that inclusive to a variety of people. When it came to customizing your character, you could only pick from a limited selection of hairstyles, clothes, and facial features. Players were unable to pick from a variety of skin tones and were given a default color, which was white. Thank you all for joining me today on EdTech for Teachers. I hope the information provided was helpful and that you all take it into consideration next time you decide to implement the use of technology in your classroom. Until next time.